Welcome to Voices from Freeze New York, brought to you by luxury fashion destination Matches Fashion. I'm Rebecca Siegel, Director of Americas and Content at Freeze, and in this series of bite-sized conversations, I'll be talking to experts and insiders to bring you the most important news, up-and-coming talent, and local insights from Freeze New York 2021. This year, the fair makes its debut at The Shed, the recently completed Culture Center in Manhattan. Even if you can't be there in person, the creatives I'm speaking to in this series will guide you around all the pulse points of interest and excitement in and around Freeze New York. In this episode, I'm speaking to Kimberly Drew, the Brooklyn-based curator and writer who became well-known for her Tumblr, Black Contemporary Art, where she built an audience of young, creative, and socially-minded followers. As someone using her platform to amplify the voices of Black artists and changemakers, I wanted to hear from her about how the art world, and Freeze in particular, is addressing some of the most pressing challenges today. Thank you so much for joining us, Kimberly. I'm very happy to be here in a real studio. It's pretty special and also really wonderful to talk to you in person after this super long year where that was not necessarily part of the math. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Sarah Elizabeth Lewis's work. And Mm -hmm. as a professor at Harvard and this incredible founder of the Vision and Justice Project, sort of hear a little bit about how you know of her work, how you sort of first met her and engaged with her. Yeah, I would say... I think my first introduction to Sarah was either through her book, one of her many books, or it was through Dr. Deb Willis and uh, the Black Portraitures Conference. Um, But Sarah and I really became family through her project Vision and Justice, which anyone who is able to either access the fair or the curriculum or the magazine or her class at Harvard uh, will be able to learn more from her about the relationship between the way we see and interpret the world and how those things relate to the criminal justice system, how those things impact communities, how those things are the very construction of American history. Um, but Sarah's absolutely one of those people who, like many <laughs> of, of the people that I personally really love in the arts, was someone who uh, start, it started on the page and then it ended in, like, warm cuddles <laughs> you know like like she is very much my sister and and very much a person who I think uh leads with her heart in a way that I think especially as we're thinking about the next few years of what the art world looks like those are the kinds of people that I'm looking to for guidance Dr. Deb Willis in the same um accord just people who answer the call uh people who are doing the work and um people who you trust not only to do the good work of scholarship but to also be in community with other thinkers, um, whether that be other academicians, artists, um, everyday folks, as weird as that term is, but folks who are really just curious, um, they will always have an audience with Sarah and and that I really love about her. Are there specific artists that Sarah ended up introducing you to or Mm. things that you were sort of immediately got to sort of see and, and sort of attach to and really feel like there was this point of discovery with her? Ooh, that's a great question. I would say not an artist, um, but I learned about the late Maurice Berger through her um, because I, I think I, I was so accustomed to being a part of an art world that felt like I had to find 
safe haven and could only find safe haven around other black women. Um, I've worked in a ton of different spaces, public art, galleries, you know, big museums, small museums. And I always found that the people that I trusted with both my mind and my heart were other black women. And learning about Maurice's incredible commitment to art and his incredibly brilliant mind and his not only questioning his scholarship, his curation around topics of race in such a generative way, um, it really made me reconsider how and who could be, you know, in the group that I call my community in the arts. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that work was actually years ago at this point that he was doing and is a... um in some ways laid a lot of groundwork for people, but also um, I think probably portends a brighter future in that way. Are there certain sort of changes that you've seen or are starting to see on the ground in response to sort of this shift in in thinking that's so important to, I think, so many people in the art world? I would say that it's not necessarily a change of thought. I would say that it's more a dissolving of ego. Like, I think Maurice is such a powerful figure because Maurice is the kind of curator who I and I and I unfortunately didn't get to meet him before he passed away. So I couch everything in the fact that we haven't had tea. I didn't have that privilege. Um, <clears throat> but what I would say from learning from his writing and from his work is that he's a person who knows that he doesn't know everything. And I think that that is my favorite superpower of any person who especially the people who are like within this like quote unquote art world the folks who can say I want to know more yeah or, or tell me more right or tell yeah. me more or who was that artist or what did you just say I'm taking notes or I'm not taking notes um or right now is the time for not taking notes those people who can really show up in and and, and this is not in any way hokey like people who can show up as people to each other is so much more interesting to me than where you went to grad school like I actually don't care where you went to grad school I don't care what you know confirmation you've gotten through some certificate program what I care about is your willingness to learn and listen and to relate to each other um, and to circle back to vision and justice even thinking about what it means to be black people in the art world at the mass that we're at right now which is amazing and and I hope that the number grows and grows and grows because there can never be enough of any of us in these rooms but for this number of especially black folks to be in the same discourse means that almost all of us in some way are related to the carceral system. The numbers, the percentages just indicate that. And so if we can have better conversations um, about those things, if we can have better conversations about what justice means, about what um, these predeterminations on what we see in others mean and how that can have result in murder, how that can have result in erasure, how that can have result in beautiful scholarship or beautiful images. I just am so much more invested in aligning with that kind of work than I am with being like the smartest person in the room, the best writer in the room, like to know the most about, you know, a 17th century pot. I actually just want to survive together. And I think that Sarah, Maurice and others are, Deb, are those types of figures who are really just like, oh yeah, we're going to make it together. And if we, if we should perish will leave our scholarship for the next generation such that they can carry the torch. Mm -hmm. Are there things which are coming up in the tribute to Vision and Justice that is such a huge part of Freeze New York this year that you 
sort of want to put on people's radars. I haven't seen the program yet. I did get to talk to Sarah and Michael from Aperture about the project um, because I was also one of the first people hired to work on it. Um, and so I've seen it kind of evolve over time. Um, but I would say, I mean, it just starts, it starts wherever you are. That's the best part about Vision and Justice is that over the years of being able to hop in and out of this project, um, it's changed so much. <laughs> it has changed so much. And so I hope, you know, like you were saying, that there is just, it incites more curiosity um, because as much as I might know, as much as you might know, as much as anyone who's reading this transcript or listening to this episode might know, there's always going to be more when Sarah Lewis is involved, period. Like she just is going to be like, well, have you read this book? Have you seen this image? And I think vision and justice is such an expansive terrain. Um, and you might have thought you knew, um, but now you know maybe from a different vantage point. Totally. On site at The Shed, we are going to have presentations by Carrie Mae Weems, Hank Willis Thomas, Stan Douglas. Um, there are some incredible installations by them sort of throughout the space, but also um, an enormous amount of online programming with talks and um, other people who are really trying to engage with, as you sort of pointed out the sort of range and huge diversity of issues that this project addresses. Mm -hmm. It is so much about how people are seen and how, um, you know, representation impacts so much of how we conceive of ourselves and how much we conceive of our societies and cultures generally. And I think that those three artists certainly on site play such a big part for everybody. Mm -hmm. In terms of shows that are coming up or things that are happening around town, this is sort of the first moment back for so many people in the city, sort of around town. Are there any specific exhibitions going on that you would highly recommend or shout mm. out? I have been biding my time, but actively planning to go see Grief and Grievance at the new museum. Um, I just know it's going to break me open and I'm trying to build the right kind of group to go with. Um, similar with Karan Davis's show at Jeffrey Deitch, um, because I just love that work. Um, Karan's having a solo presentation at the Shed as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, love to see her win. Um, and then, let's see, I went to, oh, I just reviewed Reconstructions at MoMA, which is amazing. Um, the Black Reconstruction Collective is amazing. I think it's kind of, you know, it's a trick to come back into it, right? And actually mm -hmm. keep all the mm -hmm. shows and exhibition spaces and institutional museums and gallery. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then Nikki DeFally. Thank you. Sorry. I was like, there is one more thing that I just have to say out loud. Um, the Nikki DeFally that's at MoMA PS1 and Uptown at the new Salon 94 space, accompanied by the Derek Adams paintings that are on view. Um, and then the Alice Neal at the Met. Sorry. I was, it was there. But you are so right. And also, don't be running around town. Like, please don't run around town if you're coming into town. It won't benefit anybody. It won't benefit you or your body. Pick a show and spend some time there. What a novel idea. <laughs> totally. And, and a privilege at this time in which, you know, capacities are limited. And mm -hmm. so there's so much more space mm -hmm. to actually stand in front of a painting mm -hmm. and live it in real life mm -hmm. as opposed to having it be constantly mediated through a screen, which mm -hmm. we've all been doing for quite some time right now yeah. and it would be you know we'd be remiss not to point out that like actually getting to see this work in person wherever you may be is such a privilege yeah go to the met see the alice neal go to la duree get yourself a macaroon and sit in the park just I mean, sit in the park dream afternoon i'm saying it's what i do <laughs> kind of like 
culturally. I'm very invested in sitting still after some art. Because otherwise, you, I mean, I just find sometimes like your your nervous system can get overridden. Um, and it's not about like, I mean, especially after if you're coming in for the fairs, it's amazing to, you know, kiss cheeks, which we won't be doing because of COVID or to run around or to wait in line to get pizza. But it's also really nice to be able to have like a more tranquil experience. Um, that's that's the thing I'm like really trying to capture as we, you know, figure out how to be together again. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voices from Freeze New York. Please hit subscribe to receive future episodes and share it with anyone else you think might enjoy. To find out more about Matches Fashion and Freeze, head to matchesfashion.com or join the conversation online by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches Under Dash Man, and at Freeze Official. <laughs>